0: So I've got a special show for you today. It's a little bit different. I don't have a guest. And what we're going to talk about is one of my favorite Lightroom techniques. It's something I call Dodge and Burn Plus on Behind the Shot. Welcome to Behind the Shot. I'm Steve Brazl, your host. As always, you can find all the show notes for this show and any episode that I do at BehindTheShot.tv. You can find me at SteveBrazl.com. And if you are watching on YouTube, those same show notes, or at least most of them, any links that I mention, will also be down in the comments right below the subscribe, the bell, and the like button. And if you would, on your way down, hit subscribe, hit like. And if you choose the bell, you gotta choose all, otherwise you actually don't get notified of any time I release a show. So let's get into today's show. And it's again, as I mentioned in the intro, it's a little bit different. I don't have a guest with me. It's just me. And I want to share with you one of my favorite Lightroom techniques. And it has to do with Lightroom masks, which you use in many other ways, but there's something specific that I do with Lightroom masks. And I want to kind of start at the beginning. If you've watched my show at all or listened to the podcast version of the show, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts in an audio-only or a video version, you've heard me talk about selective adjustments versus global adjustments. Now, obviously, there's some things that are global that you're going to do to almost every image that you have. You might adjust the exposure, the shadows, the blacks, the whites, the contrast, etc. But there are some things that work best, if you apply them selectively in your image, because you can actually make your image look odd, if you don't, I'll, I'll use an example I always do, which is clarity. Clarity may work great on the background of an image, on grass, on fabric, or whatever it is that's in the background. For me, sometimes it's it's stage uh, you know, equipment or lighting or something like that. But if you apply it globally and it affects somebody's skin, it can make them look weird. Same as texture or noise, for example. You generally get noise in a high ISO image in the shadow areas or maybe in a dark nighttime sky. If you apply noise reduction globally, well, you're also smoothing out, blurring the person's face or their skin. Whereas if you apply it subjectively, if you apply it specifically to certain areas, right? Selectively to certain areas, you have a better chance of ending up with a better image out of it. Now, Lightroom has a lot of ways that you can do masks. And when you do a mask, for example, one of the common ones with an adjustment brush, there is a setting in there, a preset that they have for dodge or burn. Dodging by default is plus 25 and burning, as I recall, is minus 30. And if you're not familiar with the terms, let's start there. In the old days of film and dark rooms, dodging was, and I'm simplifying a lot of this just for sake of conversation, but is selectively brightening areas of an image, burning, as you would think, selectively darkening certain areas of an image. Why would you do something like that? Well, it's because you want localized contrast control. You have rolling grass hills and you want to accentuate the shadows and bright areas. You want to contour somebody's cheekbones, something like that. And as I mentioned, lots of ways to do this. For example, If you're a Photoshop user, one of my go-to ways of doing it, and there's a million of them that you can dodge and burn, including a dodge and burn tool in Photoshop. But one of my go-to ways still, because I've been doing it forever, is the 50% gray layer method. You can Google it, but basically what you do is you take a layer, you fill it with 50% gray, and you put it in an overlay mode, and then you can paint on that layer with either black or white and different opacities of the brush, And you can dodge and burn an image that way. Well, in Lightroom, generally when you were talking dodging and burning in in any sense, you're adjusting the exposure variances in certain areas or certain pixels, parts of the image. Serge Ramelli has another way that he shared to do it. He actually learned it from somebody else, but wasn't sure where he learned it. He mentions that in the video. I'll put a link in the show notes. On using luminance masks to do dodging and burning. And I had not seen that before, and it's really a cool way to do it. You should actually look that one up and try it too. But the advantage to doing all of this in Lightroom is if you can do all of your processing, mostly at least in one application, it simplifies the process. And Lightroom masks, give you such amazing control because you are not limited to the traditional concept of dodging and burning. Like when I call it dodge and burn plus, a, a traditionalist may be offended by that, but it is dodging and burning in Lightroom. You can lighten and darken darken selective areas of the image, but you're not limited to exposure, brightness, darkness, right? Just the exposure variants. You have other contrast tools that you can apply to these masks like the contrast slider itself. Clarity, texture, and dehaze are all actually contrast tools that affect either the midtones or different areas, the transitions between different areas, high-frequency areas. You've got highlights directly, whites, blacks, shadows. You even have noise reduction, saturation, temp, and tint when you're using masks, adjustment brushes, or other forms of masks in Lightroom. By using all of those sliders with masks, you can make amazing fine-tuned adjustments to different specific areas of your image. Hence, I call it Dodge and Burn Plus. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go through five, six images of mine, six of them, I think. And I've got two copies of each image. I'll show you the first copy of the image. They're actually virtual copies because I've processed these images and I don't want to screw up what I've already done and have to do it over again. So I made virtual copies. And the first virtual copy of any image that I show you is straight out of camera. I've hit the reset button. It's back to where it was. Some of them, you're going to look at me and go, wow, Steve, you suck as a photographer. That's okay. The second version is my almost finished image. I've cropped it, I've straightened it, and I've done the basic panel and sharpening on it, right? I'm not going to bore you with all of that because I want to focus on the way that I use masks in Lightroom. That's really what I want to focus on here. And so for all of these uh, uh, images, except for the last one, the basic panel is already done and you'll be able to see it. You can pause the video and see what I did if if you want to. That's absolutely fine. But the last image I've reset and we're going to do the image from start to finish from scratch. Now, I do want to do one little disclaimer here. This is not the end of an image for me normally. Now, if I'm only going to post this on the website that I usually post my music images on or give it to a client that needs a fast turnaround, this could be the end. But if I'm doing something that is critical work for a client or for my portfolio, I might go a little bit deeper and take it into Photoshop. There's a couple of techniques I like in Photoshop. One I learned from my buddy, Alan Hess, and then a a couple other ones that I do. And if this episode is received well, and you guys like this type of thing, let me know down in the comments. And I'll do more of this. I'll do a couple other things of what I would do after this to take an image into Photoshop and, and, and really finish it. And I should mention some of what I'm going to talk about today when I was on Aunt Pruitt's photographer tips series on hands-on photography, does a show called hands-on photography on this week in tech network on, on the network. It's a great show. You should, should subscribe to hop hands-on photography, but I did it the old way there. I used a radial filter in those days to do what I'm going to substitute something new for that. You're going to look at today. So this first image is a band I photographed just the week before I'm recording this. It's a band by the name of Mudvayne. I had not photographed them before. Uh, This is the bass player of the band and actually the tour photographer for the band. I had photographed the lead singer of this band before, Chad. He's also in a band called Hell Yeah. But Mudvayne Live, they were right before Rob Zombie, who I love photographing. But this band is amazing live. If you're into that type of music and looking for a concert to go to, highly recommend checking out Mudvayne. So this is the straight out of camera shot. You'll notice there is no processing done to this whatsoever. Not bad, but definitely needs a little bit of touch up. And for me, I looked at this and it just reeked black and white. So this is the final crop the black and white treatment that I did. And you can see my processing on the right. I'm not going to describe this for each image, but to give you an idea, for those of you on the audio feed, it's a bass player on stage, photographer on the right, he's on the left. And behind the bass player is some smoke and some lights, right? I want to keep the atmosphere of a concert. This is not bad. You could stop here if you wanted. But for me, he's shirtless and his skin blends in in black and white with that background a little bit. What I've done to this image, exposure is straight out of camera. I've added 15 on the contrast, 20 on the highlights, 20 on the shadows, subtracted 74 on the blacks, and added 20 dehaze. But again, still not enough separation. Here is how I use masks in Lightroom. I go to the mask tool, and under the mask tool, the first item is select subject, and I choose it and boom, it selects the subject. Now you don't see what it's selected here, but there's two ways to do that. First of all, there is a checkbox here to show the overlay, or if you just hover over the thumbnail, it will show you what is selected. So any changes that I make to this mask will affect the bass player. That's the opposite of what I want. I've exposed the image right now for my subject, which is the bass player. Now I want to affect everything else. So over here, there is a button for invert and I'm going to invert the mask. And If I come up here now and hover over this, you'll see everything but the bass player. Now, you always want to look at this carefully. It doesn't always get everything you need, and sometimes it gets more than you need, and you can fine-tune that. You'll see as we go through. But in this case, all I've done is select the subject, and I'm almost ready. I have a preset under effects. Here's the ones I talked about earlier, the default burn the default Dodge, which is Darken and Lighten. But I have two here, Raz Concert Vignette High and Raz Concert Vignette Medium. I could delete the high one. I almost never use it. It's just a more aggressive effect. But I almost always use this medium one and there's the difference. Now, let me explain to you what I've done in this particular preset before we get into what it did to the image. My preset by default subtracts 20 from the exposure, subtracts 10 from highlights, subtracts 15 from the shadows, subtracts five from the whites and adds 15 on the dehaze, okay? So that's where I start with. But then looking at the image, I make some changes. And in this particular case, because that photographer's in the background, he's getting a little over dark So I don't want the exposure to go down and I don't want the shadows to go down. Next, those lights behind the bass player, I want that bright pop, like it's a really bright light, like he's on stage. So I'm gonna zero that out. The way I'm zeroing these is if you double click the word, like I'm gonna double click whites right now, and it will go back to zero. All I'm gonna leave is the dehaze, but I'm gonna add some clarity, which is a contrast adjustment. I'm gonna put it up at around, Let's go about 15 on that as well. And so now up here at the mask, you'll see an eyeball on the right. Click that eyeball. It shows you the before. Click it again. It shows you the after. It's very subtle, but it's enough that suddenly it's got a 3D effect behind that bass player. And that's what I do with a mask on almost every image. I took a little time on this one, but now let's run through a couple of images quickly and show you how this can be applied. So first of all, the next image that we're going to talk about. Again, if you have not seen this band live, Coheed and Cambria, I had no idea what I was in for. My son was like, you're going to love these guys. They're fantastic. I had no idea what I was in for, for this particular shot. Coheed and Cambria, this, I shot, portrait orientation which i will be honest is somewhat unusual for me i I don't really generally see the world in that kind of view um but for some reason in this one i i ended up choosing that but my finished result let's take a look at that when i say finished except for my effect that i'm gonna do so this is a horizontal crop of that same shot And I have done my basic adjustments already. Let me collapse the mask tool. And you can see I've got a custom white balance. I probably set it off the guitar in this case. I've got a little bit of exposure added, some contrast, some shadows brought back in, some whites brought back in, brought the blacks down a little bit, about 20 on vibrance and about five on dehaze. And that's pretty much everything that I've done to the shot, right? So now let's try my little effect here. So I'm gonna choose select subject. You'll see what it chooses. Always look at it, always check. And I'm gonna invert it. So now you can see that it's everything but the guitarist and lead singer of Coheed and Cambria. And I've got a preset. Raz concert vignette medium. Boom, done. There's only one thing I would change on this one. I actually like how this came out, except same problem. I actually want those lights behind him To pop super bright, right? It's a concert. These are like landing lights behind him. So I'm going to zero out the whites by double-clicking the word white. I'm going to zero out the highlights by double-clicking the word highlights. And just like that, that's the before and that's the after. It's that easy not to not too shabby. So let's take a look at another one. This one is a band, and I'm embarrassed to say I don't know how to pronounce the band's name. It, the first word is H-Y-R-O, so it's hero or hyro, not exactly sure which, but it's uh, hero the hero or hyro the hero. And for this particular image, this guy was absolutely insane to photograph. I've got so many jump shots from this guy that I can can't believe it. He climbed up on the speaker stack and jumped. Absolutely amazing. So here's where I process the image. I did a crop, straightened it, and did basic adjustments. Again, let me collapse that mask tool so that you can see. Uh, I did a shade white balance, a little bit of boost on everything except the shadows. If you look at the before, the straight out of camera, African-American vocalist jumping in the air against a bright, bright sky midday. Like, for example, look in the bottom left corner and you'll see the rock star, black rock star easy up back there, and you'll see how bright it is out from underneath the stage. And I didn't want to blow the sky out. So I underexposed to keep some of that sky in there. But now the lead singer is too dark and too in shadow. So my after shot, all I care about is my subject. I want that singer to look right. And I did it until I got the singer looking right. So now the background is too bright. The stage is too bright. The drum is too bright. The drummer is too bright and competing with my subject. So select subject. It got him, but I want you to notice something here. Look where the mic cord goes way up in the sky. And that's why I'm shooting wide on these because he kept jumping and I wanted all that mic cord. I didn't want to cut the mic cord off. But look way up there and you'll notice the mask grabbed a little bit of that. So let me invert this and look at the mask again. You can see in the upper top here, some white area and a little bit of white down the side of the cable as well. So this is where masks have a lot of power is that you can customize the mask if it guesses incorrectly. So I wanna add to this mask using a brush. And I'm going to come over and I'm going to say my flow is at 100 and my density is at 100. Why? Because I just want this completely added in. I'm going to make sure I get this cable so that there's no halo around that cable either. And that's not too shabby. Let's turn off the overlay and let's apply my preset. Just like that, the image is better. Now, to me, it's not done. Because now those backdrops, the stage where the drummer is, the drum riser, those are a little too much for me. So I'm gonna take the minus 20 default exposure on my preset and I'm gonna double click exposure to zero it. The minus 15 on shadows, I'm gonna double click that to zero it. And now here's the before and after. That's before, that's after. It's subtle, but it makes the lead singer that's jumping the focus of the image. And there's one thing I wanna add on this particular image. Let's say that you wanted to do something now to just the vocalist that's midair. Well, one of the wonderful things about masks in Lightroom is if you click these three dots, you've always been able to duplicate the mask, but this duplicate and invert mask is super powerful because if I choose that, it gets just the singer And I could go in and let's say I just wanted to pull the shadows down a little bit on him or maybe bring the clarity up a little bit on him. Actually, I don't like the shadows down. Uh, Yeah, that's probably pretty good right there. A little bit of clarity. And so now... Before, after, I don't even know if that is, it's so subtle it may not come through the video, but you get the idea. You can customize him separate from the background. I don't need that in this particular case. I'm going to delete the inverted mask and I'm good with just that particular difference. All right, so let's go to another image. I'm gonna jump back this time to that first band that we talked about, which is Mudvayne. It's the same bass player, but this time this bass player happens to be with more of the band. You've got the singer in the background. Chad, right? Crazy outfit. You got the bass player on the far right, but just the bottom half of the bass player is obstructed by somebody that's holding a camera and you can see their lens and you can see their hand and you can see the drum set in the background, right? But we can easily fix a lot of this. So first of all, let's see where I took the image on a basic adjustment. I cropped it I straightened it. I want the bass player to be the focus of the image. I adjusted all of my basic settings to make him the subject of the image. I've got a boost of a half a stop in here. I've got a little contrast, some whites, a little bit of negative blacks at minus 10, and some dehaze. But here's the problem. The singer's outfit now is so white and blown out that he competes to be the subject, and I don't want that. So... Let's use this preset. Select subject. We'll check it and make sure, yep, got just the singer looking pretty good. Then we'll invert it. Check it. Yep, looks pretty good. Gonna do everything that I want. A little bit under his arm it didn't get, right? But I'm not that worried about it. Under, you know, like in front of the base, between the bass and his, his bicep. But I'm not that worried about it. Let's see how it works. I can always add it back in later if I want to. Let's come down and do my preset and just like that before and after. And now that bass player, it's subtle. It was fine without it, but now that bass player is the subject of this image. There is one problem with it though. Even though it affected all of the back, the bottom half of the jumpsuit that the singer is wearing, and even the front of the stage and the light in the back there are still competing with him. So I'm gonna add a second mask. I'm gonna come up and say, create new mask. And I'm gonna say, I want a linear gradient. And I just want the bottom half of his body kind of in an angle. And if you do this, you can kind of hover over that little pin and you'll see where it's gonna affect. It's a little too high to me. I'm gonna pull it down right about there. So that's what I'm gonna get affected with this second mask. And I'm just gonna pull the exposure down to match the rest of the image. See how far I need to go. That's minus 40. I could probably even do minus 30. So let's leave it there. Otherwise, he, his pants start to go a little bit gray. So there you go. Image is done. And I'm happy with that. Let's move on to the last one that we're going to do the before and after on. And this is a band I shot years and years ago called 1 OK Rock. I shot them at the Self Help Festival. I'd heard a ton about them. The truth is, I didn't know who they were at the time. They're hugely popular overseas, and they were so dynamic on stage, but it was so bright outside that I was underexposing everything to keep his skin and his shoes from blowing out too much. I wanted that data in my image, right? So where did I go with it? Here's the finished image straightened to the edge of the stage, rotated, and uh, exposed for the bass player. So I've added a full stop of exposure, 20 on the shadows, 14 on the whites, negative 10 on the blacks and vibrance of 50. Why? Because I want those colors of that banner and everything in the background and his hair to stand out against that background. But by adding a full stop of exposure so that he's exposed where I want him, a couple things have happened. The background now is bright enough and full enough that it competes with him. His His left shoe, camera right, so the shoe that's in the middle of the frame is now clipped because I've boosted the exposure on everything. It's a global adjustment. The monitor in the bottom right corner, that's a problem. It's a little too bright. And those white cabinets, in fact, all the cables across the bottom of the screen are a little bit too bright for me. So we're gonna make some changes to this. Let's try my effect. So we're gonna select the subject. And again, you always wanna check and see what it got and you'll notice we've got a problem. This time it selected part of the background and I don't want that. So we're gonna fix it. I'm gonna invert it and look at it again. So all that area to the left of him, let me turn the overlay on, all this area down here, I want to be part of the mask. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna say, add using my brush. Now, I'm not gonna be super precise here, but of course you would wanna be as precise as you need to be. I'm gonna make sure my flow and my density are at 100% because I want this completely masked in with all the rest of the background. And I'm gonna come down, shrink my brush down, and I'm just gonna cut in along his body. And I don't care to be super precise right now, but you can be as precise as you need. Now, a couple of things though I want you to notice here. His shoe has some of the effect on it, that's not bad. In this case, I would normally erase anything on my subject so that they aren't affected, but that shoe was blown out. So this will help bring that back. Also, the neck for the base is selected. I don't know that that will work okay, but we'll give it a shot and see. So I've got my mask, let's turn the overlay off so that I can see, and we're gonna go down to vignette. And just like that, the image is already better. Before I make any other changes, and I'm going to change a couple of things here. You'll notice it immediately makes him pop out. Now, to me, it's getting too dark in the background there, right? I mean, if you really look up to the the left of him, it's a little bit darker than I would want. So I'm going to take that negative 20 exposure that's the default in my preset, and I'm going to double click the word exposure and that'll zero it out. So this was before I did that. And that's after I did that. It's a slight change, right? I might even do the shadows, double click shadows to reset that. That's not too shabby, but I think I'll let it get better with the shadows down. I think what I'll do is add a little bit of clarity, maybe 10 on clarity. There we go, about 13 on clarity. And so here's the before and the after. It's subtle, but it makes him pop out. Now, here's one problem. Those cables at the bottom, still too bright. The white cabinets in the middle of the stage, still too bright. The monitor on the bottom right, still too bright. I'm gonna add another mask. Now, this one you could do a couple different ways. You could probably do a linear mask and pull the highlights down, but I want a little more precision. So I'm gonna add a brush mask and I'm gonna do about minus 50, minus 55, something like that. I want my flow. I'll just put it somewhere around you know 65-ish and brush size. And I'm going to just paint on these white cabinets to pull them down on both sides. I'm going to paint across the bottom cables to darken them just a little. I just don't want them to pop too much, right? And then this monitor on the bottom right, I'm going to pull the sheen off of that a little bit and kind of darken that. There we go. That's not bad, and if you wanted that speaker a little bit more you could you could you know bump your brush settings up and and lay a little bit more on there just to pull just the speaker down a little bit and that, my friends is much, much better, so let's take a look at what we've got That's the before that's the after before after got all the detail back, got everything I want in there, and now that bass player jumps right out at me and it works really, really well. So I'm gonna do one more image for you. And for this last image, this one's gonna be a little bit different, okay? I'm gonna do this one completely from scratch. And this one, I'm gonna go back to that band I shot last week, which is Mudvayne, because here's a good example of live music. I had a perfect exposure going, then those lights you see on the right-hand side kicked on and blew everything out. But I got my buddy Steve Rose in the middle there on his own, photographing chad from Mudvane. and actually the guy with the baseball cap on the left is matthew also a really good friend of my great photographer but i think i've got enough data here that i can recover everything i've got a lot of latitude on on this camera so let's do this from scratch and then we'll be done for the day so let's start with a crop i'm gonna level it first and i'm gonna go right about there on the level. And then I'm going to crop it. And I don't need this little banner on the left. Crop inside that. I don't need any of this light on the right-hand side. I'm going to come all the way into that bolt right here that's popping out of the thing. I don't need any of the cables or any of that type stuff. That's not bad, except I don't need a little piece of somebody's head sticking up here. And actually, this yellow down here is really drawing my eye. Right. So I'm just going to pull that down about like that. And that's probably for me, that's probably the crop that I would use. Okay. Not too bad. So now I've got to do my basic adjustments. And the basic adjustments on this, I'm going to start at the top. And I can tell you right now, this was dusk. You can tell by the sky. But if I go dusk, like if I go shade or anything like that, it's just too warm, cloudy, too warm. But actually daylight, I don't mind here because I've got lights uh, that are about that temperature. It works out pretty good for me. Let's look at exposure. Exposure, I'm going to pull down at least a half a stop, maybe more. Um, Let's do, I'm going to go a half a stop there. Okay. Now, contrast and some other ones. I want to introduce in case you don't know it. You can have, you know, just like you can click this auto button, which in most cases, goes weird. In this case, it actually didn't do horrible, but still. You can do auto individually on each of these settings by holding the shift key down. Remember, double-clicking the word resets it to zero. If you hold the shift key down while you double-click the word, it does auto. So I'm going to hold the shift key and double-click the word contrast. It gave me plus seven. I'm going to do the same for highlights. It gave me minus 73, and I want to go a little more. Let's see here. Uh, that's 80. Okay. I use my keyboard a lot so that you know On they move different for each number. But if you ever want to move one number at a time, usually, except exposures, two numbers at a time, hold the option key down while you use an arrow key uh, while your mouse hovers over it. Shadows. Shadows, I am going to leave it zero because I don't want to fill anything in and I don't really want to pull them down. If anything, I would pull them down. Uh, whites, let's see what it gives me if I auto it. Minus 35. I don't like that. I actually want the whites to pop. I'm going to do plus 15 on the whites. That's my own choice. For the blacks, it's defaulting to minus 19. If I do auto, I'm going to go a little more. I tend to like contrast. Uh, Dehaze, I'm going to do plus 10. Vibrance, I'm going to do 20. And believe it or not, that's about where I'd want this. I might go minus 60 on exposure. Let's do that. Yeah, that's not too bad. I think mean, that's a good starting point. So now one other thing I'm gonna do that was done on the other ones is my sharpening. I wanna give you a tip on sharpening. My normal sharpening ends up being 50 to 70-ish, but I use a technique where you hold the option key down while you drag the slider. And what it does is it converts the image to grayscale and it can make it remove the color distraction and make it a little easier. And for this one, I'm gonna go mm, 64, that's good. And I do the same on mask. When you do that on mask, it turns white and then anything that's black won't be sharpened. So I want you to look at the sky right there. Whoops, there we go. I want you to look at the sky right there. All that pattern that you see in the sky, that's the noise in this image, right? This is ISO 3200. So I don't want to sharpen that and and bring attention to it. So I'm going to bring this up until the sky is black. And I end up, Probably around 65. So that shows you the edges of what's gonna get sharp. Okay. So good to go there. Now let's try my effect. We're gonna start with a select subject. We're gonna let it do its magic and we're gonna see what it selects for a subject. But I want you to notice something. And if you can see this on the video, you may already notice. If you look at this little thumbnail up here, you'll see two white areas. As I hover, you'll notice it not only chose the lead singer, but it chose the guys in the bottom left corner and not all of them. So let's fix this. We're going to invert it. We're going to show the overlay. Now, Chad, the lead singer, it got him pretty good, but it missed this boot. Steve, I want to leave with Chad because I'm going to give this image to Steve, but it below his arms, it didn't get him. I need to add that, or actually I should say subtract that from the mask. It's going to process the bottom of his shirt. And Matthew's arm here isn't gonna be processed and I don't want Matthew to be the subject of the image. So I'm gonna actually add that back in. So let's go in. First of all, let's do an add using my brush. I want it 100% on everything because I wanna make sure that none of Matthew doesn't get my effect. There we go. Okay. Now I'm going to subtract. Also using my brush, I'm going to shrink my brush down, and I just want to get Steve. And again, you can be as precise as you need for your job for this particular video. I'm not going to be nuts about it. Uh, It's also looking like there's some of the mask, for some reason, picked up some of his hat. And the other thing that it did, some of his arms too, um, but it picked up that lens. So I'm going to bring the lens back. Oh, too much. Undo. I'll bring that lens back just a little bit there. Okay. Okay. So I've got the mask pretty much where I want it now. So let me turn off the overlay and we'll go apply the preset. And just like that, this image changes drastically. Let me show you the before and the after from that effect, right? Now, a couple things I would add to this. The sky's really noisy. So let's add another one. And the second command under the mask tool is select sky. And you'll notice it gets the sky perfectly. What do I want to do to the sky? I want to pull the dehaze down a little bit. And I want some noise reduction in there because that's an area where noise shows up. So I'll do 30 something on noise reduction and you know, 10, 15 on the dehaze just to kind of richen it up a little bit. So now that's before and after on the sky and that's before and after on everything else. But there's one problem that I still have. The bottom right corner That monitor down there and his pants and this pole are too bright. So I'm gonna add a last adjustment mask, a linear gradient. I'm gonna do everything to his leg like so. A little too high, right about there is probably good. And all I'm gonna do there is I'm just gonna pull the highlights down and maybe some exposure down, right? So let's do exposure minus 20. Let me see how much I can get away with on the highlights here. I can pull it all the way down. And just like that, here's the before and there's the after. Three layer masks chosen where I want. And my subjects now are Steve and the lead singer. So that's kind of what you end up with with Layer Mask. There's a lot of power here. And again, if you want to see any show notes, if you want any links that I mentioned, you can go to behindtheshot.tv and you can find them there. You can find all the other episodes there, all the ways that you can subscribe to the podcast, whether it be audio only or a video feed for podcasts. They are both available wherever you get your podcasts. As well, if you're watching on YouTube, head on down to the comments, or I should say into the description, and all the notes are down there as well, right down below the subscribe and the like button. So that does it for this show. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this type of thing, let me know in the comments, and I'll do more of these type of tips and tricks type, uh, episodes, but thanks so much. Make sure that you join us next time as we try and get inside the mind of a great photographer by taking a closer look behind one of their shots. We'll see you on the next show.